0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: You can live
2: out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel.
1: Welcome to the Nerdist
3: Podcast number 51, the Comedians You Should Know special. This is an all-stand-up comedy special recorded at Meltdown Comics on December 15th, 2010. Uh, It's going to be our last episode of 2010. We will be back, regular schedule in 2011, so please don't worry. Uh, You weren't worried, were you? Nah, you're probably not worried. You seem fine. Uh, A few people to thank, of course, Meltdown Comics on Sunset Boulevard. Thank you so much for uh, giving us the space. Also, Jonah Ray, who co-produces the Meltdown Show, the weekly Wednesday night show at Meltdown Comics, with Kumail Manjani, and also a huge special thanks to Emily Gordon. Who, without her, I mean, like she was the she was the champion producer that really helped pull this all together. So thanks to her as well. Uh, and here you go, the Nerdist Podcast number fifty-one: comedians you should know! Exclamation point.
4: Now entering. Nerdist.com.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to Nerdist Podcast, presenting. Comics you should know live at Meltdown Comics. Everyone welcome your host, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> Thank you, Ed Salazar. Thank you. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, Comedians You Should Know Special. Thank you for coming, you guys. This was that was I, I wanted to do this show because when I was a kid, I was very heavily influenced. I mean, in the, in the 80s comedy boom, just try to, try to fucking get away from stand-up on television. You couldn't. So uh, I watched every special. I consumed every... Uh, thanks for the water, Ed. Uh, well, that's not going to help the people listening to the podcast. Why would I refer to things that they can't see with their... You can't see with your ear holes. That's not how those work. Unless you're synesthetic that 's the term for when your senses cross over, I know things science channel all right um, so I was so heavily influenced by young comedian specials where like you know every every year Dangerfield would do one, there were you know there was they, they, they would always introduce you to the ninth annual young comedian special I had videotaped it, and I, I literally watched it every day for a, like a year straight, but it was. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield hosted Regis, Regis Philbin was on the show as well but for some reason he wasn't doing comedy I don't know why he was there so uh, let's see that special and was like I can't remember it was like 84 or 85 I think maybe but it was uh, it was uh, uh, it was Bob Saget Louis Anderson Rita Rudner Sam Kinison um, who else was on this but a guy named Bob Nelson that I fucking loved uh, Bob Nelson was really awesome uh, uh, Yakov Smirnoff was on there <laughs> because in Russia comedy specials watch you. All right. Um. <laughs> Hacky joke. And so and so that just that really just changed, you know, like that that shaped me as a as a comedy consumer and all, and made me want to do comedy, uh, you know. So I I thought well we have this podcast and a lot of people listen to it so we should do a comedian and we can't call it I don't want to call it young comedian specials because these guys are, are seasoned professionals so we decided let's call it the comedians you should know special so that's what we have for you tonight uh, the comedians you should know special so uh, before we start I'm gonna I'm gonna shovel some of my bullshit on you to try to warm you up a bit. Uh, I I I'm in I'm well into my 30s and I am feeling my age for the first time in my life and it's weird and I'm noticing little things like like oversharing I am become an oversharer Have you ever been trapped with an elderly person and they just talk on and on about anything cat cereal it doesn't matter they just they just need to say things. And I, I have started to do this. This is a, this is something that happens with aging. Uh, I was I was at, a, at an Asian restaurant earlier, and I was ordering some noodles. And I said to the server, uh, "Yes, I will have the vegetarian noodles." I mean, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm just it's just I know that as you get older, you should probably eat a lot less meat, and I want to try to live healthier. And it's like. Because I've been working out a lot lately and I really feel like it's important to feed your body You're like you want to hug your body, you know? And like I used to drink a lot and if you don't kill me, I'm not going to stop these words from coming out. Like It was really it's it's really awful. You uh, how many any anyone 35 out there? Any 35s out there? Any 30s out there? Yeah, 30s any, are you freaked out about 30? You are? I see 30s not weird. 35 is fucking weird. That's the awful one because 35 is the year you start checking a whole different box when you're filling out surveys and it fucking hurts! You take it for granted. For 16 years, you live in this sweet big country called 18 to 34. And then after that, it's just 35 to corpse like no one gives a fuck anymore. I don't give a shit about you because you're old and creepy and weird. Your priorities change. Like, for instance, this is for my 35s and up. 35s and below, I take a powder. Uh, <laughs> 35s and up, let me ask you this question. What happened to fingering? What happened to fingering? <laughs> You remember when that was a part of your daily vernacular when you're young? Fingering, yeah, fingering. You never even say the word past 35. It never, ever comes up because no one ever says, like, I want to go home and finger the wife. Like, those two words are not ever in close proximity to each other, ever. But when you're young, you know, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's fingering. is just part of this really complex teenage negotiation. Where a young boy will say, like, I would like to put this in there. And she's like, no, but how about these? And you're like, I accept your terms. <laughs> <laughs> even even the, word, even, the word fingering just sounds weird. Like, to make, to make a verb out of finger, I fingered, I fingered. That sounds like a word an alien would use if he were trying to fit in with humans <laughs> so he could take them over. Greetings, dudes. I just fingered a human female in the back of my car. <laughs> then I penised her for seven Earth minutes. <laughs> I love intercoursing. Take me to your leader. <laughs> and, and hot tubbing is something else I did in college. Uh, love, hot tubbing just sounds so awesome when you're in college. Like, Hot tubbing! we go hot tubbing! Get all naked with some chicks and go hot tubbing! I have a hot tub at my house. I've, I've never been in it. Ever. Ever. Because when you're young, you just think that sounds so awesome. You're like, yeah, we'll get some naked chicks in the hot tub. And then, at a certain point, you just realize that four naked people in hot water, you're just brewing ass tea. That's what you're accomplishing. Yeah, dude, but there's like naked chicks in there, and they're leaking fluids into our shared space. It is downright unsanitary. That's a word you never use before, 35. Unsanitary. <laughs> But after 35, it shapes the parameters of the landscape of your life. I stay in a lot of hotels because I'm a touring comedian, and hotels are fucking unsanitary. A hotel is a place where people rent the right to put their balls on everything. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Just setting it on stuff, using them for the remote is like a... It's like a a changing uh, (laughs) wand or something, and they... (laughs) Like, even, because uh, they can, because they can. Like, I back in the room, better turn the lights on. They'll just use their balls, because it's funny. Because you can't, you can't do that at home. Your significant other would n- would never be cool. They'd be like, why are there ball prints on the lamp? This is not a hotel. Fuck. They're disgusting places. Disgusting places. And always, I, I would say six times out of ten, People, I'm, I'm in a room next to a couple that is ha- they're having the loudest sex of their relationship. Because again, they're at a hotel and they don't care. And usually that's awesome because uh, I don't know if you're like me, but when I hear the couple next door starting to get into it, after about 10 or 15 minutes, we're all in a three-way they're not aware they're in. And that is, that is fine. But recently I was in a situation where... The dude was louder than the lady. No es bueno. First of all, I I mean I don't he the whole time he was like, like I think he was trying, I think they were trying to get pregnant, cause he just kept going, Oh baby, baby! Like he was trying to call the shot. Baby! Just pointing at her uterus, baby! And she clearly was not into it because she didn't say anything for most of it and then finally after a while she just eked out a, like a defeated-sounding Oh, you fuck so well. <laughs> I am not claiming to be super awesome at sex, but I am fairly certain you are not supposed to use proper grammar while in the throes of passion. You're not supposed to have the presence of mind to use an adverb properly. You're supposed to descend into your lizard brain because you're caught up in the moment, the passion, all these words fly out of your mouth. You know what the fuck you're saying. It's just like, you good fucking sauce. Like you don't know what you're saying. You are not supposed to sound more educated than when you started. I would like to express my sincere gratitude for the sound-fucking you're delivering me. Oh, truly, I've received a full-ride scholarship to orgasm college. <laughs> I was performing I was at the San Francisco punchline, the same thing happened. In the next room, I hear the, like... Ah uh, I hear the bed creaking, I start to hear the noises, and I'm like, alright, so I began to take my position. <laughs> and I heard one voice go, Yeah, suck it. And I heard another voice go, I'm fucking gonna. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I was left with a choice. <laughs> but I am not a quitter. I am not a quitter. <laughs> Like, as nerdy as I grew up, you know, like the whole, you know, like everything that I was into, like DD, chess club, Latin club, computer camp, like everything made vaginas go away. And, but I did almost lose my virginity when I was 15, which was a very big deal, very big deal. And in retrospect, it wasn't because there was anything special about me, it's just I was dating a girl. Uh, who had very religious parents. And so what happens sometimes is when two really religious people procreate, for some reason, their belief system is able to spawn a virulent strain of super slut. And so that was the case. Uh, And so this girl was willing to have sex with me, and I really liked that about her, and so we were about to... So... We're we're about to do the deed. We're getting into the position, and uh, and the, and I don't know how to say this other than the engine flooded before I could get the car in the garage. I prematurely ejaculated, if you know what I mean. And listen, normally that's not a problem if you're a 15-year, a teenage boy. Like, I would have been ready to go again immediately. Like, boners are like Kleenex for a teenage boy. There's, oh, there's another one, like, right there. (laughs) But it turns out that the female of the species is not biologically programmed to respond in a sexual manner when the male of the species ejaculates near her and then cries on her face. Those two things... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's all right. I just went back to my fucking room and started drawing ligers and Tigons. <laughs> I did love... It's like the first time I saw Napoleon Dynamite and he was like, my favorite is a liger. I was like, mine fucking too! Like, I got so... I love hybrid animals. It's so fascinating. I mean, like, there are hybrid species. There are hybrid species. They're, they're, they're hybrids. They it's It's sort of a... It's it's like a species cul-de-sac though. They're always sema. they can't produce offspring, but it's fun. They don't like lions. Don't choose to mate with tigers in the wild. Humans make them do it, because we can. But humans are like these big dumb kids in a sandbox, just point at things. They're like, mm, you, fuck that. I want to see what happens. And like, so we get we get ligers and tiglons and 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 and, and zorses and
2: growler
3: bears. <laughs> And yet humans cannot produce offspring with our closest cousin species, the chimpanzee. We cannot get a chimpanzee pregnancy. You know what that means? No condoms! <laughs> Fuck yeah, you guys. Oh, here I come, chimps. Look out, cheetah. Did you say look out, cheetah? Well, I might as well throw my fantasy animal into the mix. That's what we're talking about, right? I mean, we're all on the same page. I <laughs> just <laughs> see a guy. <laughs> this Prelude to a mauling. A guy with his arm around a cheetah who just starts trying to force its head down onto his cock and then...
4: <laughs>
3: Cheetahs do not like to have their heads forced down on cocks. They won't stand for it fastest animal on earth, don't like to be objectified either, that's another <laughs> uh, I'll wrap it up with this I, uh, I, as much of a sci-fi fanatic as I am, uh, and I appreciate your frack me shirt, sir uh, the, the cheetah lover up front, is this your wife? no, girlfriend? it it, it kind of makes sense now where he's like look I'm just saying just draw a couple spots on your body and and then just run really fast around the yard oh it all makes sense now (laughs) do you ever go to that strip club cheetahs and you walk out mad like this is a fucking false advertising what a rip there's not one fucking cheetah in this place they're all humans (laughs) I <laughs> just want to stuff a dollar bill in the cheetah's g-string. I do love sci-fi. I, 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 am, still, uh, I am still completely confused by the proliferation of ghost-hunting shows that have taken over every cable channel where they're suggesting life after death, except for the news channels. <laughs> What do you think if there were life after death maybe it would make the news maybe USA Today HuffPo CNN we'd be sh- we'd be we'd be freaking out like there you'd turn out you'd be like this is Wolf Blitzer tonight in the situation room now there's fucking ghosts run like someone would it wouldn't be on the travel channel it wouldn't be it wouldn't, life after death wouldn't be discovered by four dudes who look like sports bar bouncers bumbling their way through an abandoned hospital with a shaky night vision camera like bro my neck just got cold bro did you blow me bro my arm just got stiff bro bro fuck bro bro fuck bro fuck bro Every ghost they're hunting on those shows is like a hundred years old plus. Have you ever noticed there are no new ghosts? (laughs) Is the ghosthood process that red tapey that it takes about a century for the paperwork to go through or whatever? Like, there's no... Every one of those shows, they're like, well, let me tell you about our ghost. You see, in 1884, a little girl died outside in a well. And now at 3 a.m., you can hear little wet footprints in the hallway. Like, no one ever says... In 1984, a young man died on the Sunset Strip. And now at 3 a.m., you can hear the rattling of a chain wallet on acid-washed jeans. <laughs> As a side note, do you think Patrick Swayze now goes up behind people in pottery classes and hugs them? Just to crack up other goats? You are suitably warmed up. We should start this show. Comedians, you should know on the Nerdist podcast. Uh, And I I have to say, like, these are all people that I know I've known for years uh, and I adore them. And your first comic is not only an incredible artist. Uh, but he also has an album out called Fairbanks with an apostrophe uh, it's one of the top ten albums on Amazon right now comedy albums and I asked him about that and he was like I don't think that's because I sold a lot I think some nerds decided that so <laughs> even putting himself down despite the fact that he is a masterful comedian ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the stage Chris Fairbanks
5: it's funny Chris and I, uh, I know that you're not a self-professed nerd. I think people have proven it, other people, civilians. Uh, but he said cheetah, because that's Tarzan's orangutan friend. So touche. He didn't want to fuck a cat. He just knew some shit about impregnating primates. And that was a animated episode you may have missed. Now I'm a nerd because I think uh, Tarzan was some episodic cartoon.
4: <laughs>
5: oh, you missed the third season of Tarzan where he fucked that ape and had an ape baby? <laughs> ah, yeah, bigger. What's that? Oh, I made that up in my dreams and head? <laughs> oh, yeah. Crazy sauce. <laughs> Chris was talking about uh, people saying like uh, primal things. Oh, Segway City. Uh, while having sex I like to combine the two Like I, uh, I do get all fancy with it uh, but then all of a sudden it gets primal at the last minute so like uh, I'll be having sex and I'm like uh, pardon me ma'am but I have something to say daddy's about to go number three I like to combine the two It's very descriptive. I almost feel like you should just be up here. (laughs) Just on my lap. It's not distracting at all. Well, don't say things that I wouldn't say. (laughs) Do a lot of visual... uh jokes uh, during a pod I uh, okay (laughs) girls can we um, who here says occasionally go ahead and admit it if uh, you go uh, that's what she said after like there's certain moments where you feel okay stop fucking clapping your hands and phalanges cause that's don't stop please stop don't not stop do stop stop saying that's what she said and then so I just said, please stop. And he said, that's what she said. Like, it, it's an infectious... Everyone wants to do it. Here's the thing. That's from Wayne's World. Remember that movie? Yeah, that's an old one. If I started saying not after what you said, I'd just get punched and hit with hockey sticks. My mom dressed up like Garth one Halloween. I think it was 1991. And she, like, had... She had drumsticks. She did a great job. She even got a shirt that he wears, and the whole night she said that's what she said. That was 1991, and once again, that was my mom. So please fucking stop. Stop doing that. And don't misuse the word ghetto. There's a lot of girls that are, ah, these shoes are so ghetto. Yeah. Yeah, totally compare your tattered straps on your pumps to a housing project. That doesn't offend anyone. These shoes are so ghetto. (sighs) I'm, uh, I think I'm shooting blanks, actually. Chris touched on that. When I ejaculate, nothing comes out at all. Just a, a loud bang and a puff of smoke. And then a flag. Unfurls. And it says, Sorry. It. I just found out I'm uh, part Native American, which is interesting. Wish I'd known that before college. It's not by blood. It's just I was born because my mom used a dream catcher as a diaphragm, and it's uh, you know we learn about Montana history in weird ways. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and let it drip. What's with all these owls graduating from something? Every time I meet and or see an owl, he's wearing a graduation hat. Oh, we can all agree on that. First of all, owl, I know you're a wise bird. a bird. Uh, but I haven't seen you on campus all year. Yet here you are suddenly at the commencement ceremony, tassel to the left. It's funny, Owl. Um, What's your major? If you don't mind me asking. Actually, I first got interested in anatomy when I puked up my first mouse skeleton. But my passion is in statistics when I started monitoring my Tootsie Pop licks. All right, touche, Owl. Hey, maybe you want to meet us in the quad for some ultimate frisbee. (laughs) I couldn't say the word ultimate.
4: be as wise
5: (sighs) if we if we've learned anything um, from their skunks I think we can just assume that French people are violent rapists (laughs) Um, in weird ways disguise yourself paint a stripe on her to get ready it's always weird and that's what turned into patriot, patriotic hatred towards French people. We've met French people. They're all nice. Gerard Depardieu, he's a great guy. <laughs> Yet we're supposed to hate him because of Pepe, Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Pepe Le Pew. I hate him so much I t- said the first part twice. I'm not stuttering. I'm just cold. <laughs> Ah, I love picking out laughs and knowing who that person is in a room of possibly 200. Hello, Jazz. Why am I, ner- I feel nervous. It's, weird. It's, it's a normal thing. Everyone's supposed to be afraid of public speaking. And heights, I think. It's weird because we're all just ignoring what... Everyone is way, way more afraid of, which is getting tipped over while in an outhouse. Like, how can we? That's the scariest thing ever. I can never shit comfortably at a fair. At least you can build up an immunity, and then once, uh, yeah, I'm ready to give a speech, I've been practicing. You can't practice for the outhouse. That'd be a weird, series. Yeah, I'm going to walk this gauntlet. You guys, just throw this shit at me. All these buckets. Don't ask how I filled them. Just keep throwing. The OC Fair's coming up. I want to see... The guy from Creed. I... There's a company... I think they do okay, because there's several locations, but they're shittily named, and, uh... Just Tires... Uh, really limiting they have more here's a better name just tires how about tires colon and more you don't even need tires comma and more maybe I've just figured out why your oil changes aren't flying off the shelves just tires (laughs) yeah Uh, I can't believe I already did my closer (laughs) I, already, I wrote that joke down and then uh, parentheses followed by you being carried off on everyone's shoulders. Get ready for the confetti and a check from Just Tires, comma, and more. Oh, you combine them because of my request. Uh, I, like, uh, I like comedy. What? The? Sure. Yeah, I like comedy. Oh, let me profess it while I do it. I like what I'm doing I, I don't understand early comedy like uh, like three do Sto- you ever watch three stooges episodes they're episodic much like Tarzan was
4: <laughs> um,
5: it's weird every episode of uh, the three stooges apparently they were like independent contractors laborers uh, and they worked shittily together they worked horribly uh, they never finished a job because they'd start fighting but every episode they're doing a different thing totally unrelated to the last but obviously there's like references that got them the next gig yeah you did a great job moving my piano why don't you pull my civil war general friend's tooth and then maybe you guys to get together I don't know do you bake fancy cakes I have a friend who needs some construction work done you guys pull elephants upstairs accidentally? <laughs> they sucked at everything, because they just like, yay, you bumped into me. Right in the eye. Fingers in the eyes? You're the worst friend ever, and or that's the shittiest move ever, finger in the eye. And then the guy comes and he's like, oh, I hope the wing on my house and my little music box is fixed. And they just show up and there's a two by four through a window. Is that blood on my floor? Yeah, Yeah, well, if it's any consolation, they were kind of funny to some of the men in the room. (laughs) Well, that does it. That's the last time I hire three stooges plumbing to make me a fancy cake. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks, you guys. I've been Chris Braddock.
4: Thanks, everybody!
3: Fantastic. All right, keeping the show moving. Identifying what I'm doing instead of just doing it. Uh, <laughs> your next performer. Uh, I believe I first started. I think I first met her in like '99. Maybe we used to do the show in Westwood uh, at this place called the Gypsy Cafe. Uh, that it was super, super fun show uh, that only one other person went to. Uh, and it got, it, ultimately, it got taken over uh, by wealthy uh, Persian teenagers who wanted to smoke hookah pipes uh, and who apparently don't really want to hear white people point out the foibles of mankind. So we stopped doing the show there, <laughs> uh, but I've known her forever, and I love her. She she does a podcast called Dork Forest. Uh, have you ever heard of Dork Forest? And also uh, has uh, an album out called It's Never Gonna Be Bread. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackie Cation. Thank you, Chris Hardwick.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes. The Persians took over, and then he introduces an Armenian lady. Uh I am Armenian. I know I don't look it. And uh which was said to me actually about a month ago at the Whole Foods I handed my credit card to the lady and she goes, "You look Armenian" in that voice that said, "You seem nice." <laughs> and to say, we got to give everybody a generation, right? I mean, your, your grandparents were assholes, right? I mean, everybody's an asshole when they come here because it's frustrating because nobody comes here because things are going well. Right now, in Guatemala, no one is sitting around going, I know I'm a dentist here, but what I really want to do is wash clothing for a living. So I'm going to move to Los Angeles and uh yeah and I know the new Armenians all smell vaguely of fake Giorgio and the Cold War but let's let them fucking melt anyway so um and if it's any consolation they're mean to me too okay so because I have melted and uh I, am a, I never dress up anymore. Used to dress up for the stand-up comedy here in the Los Angeles area and then realized never gonna fucking matter uh, because uh, casting people will still look at me and go airport cop and, and waste of my time. So, here's the good news. When professionals are involved, this cleans right up. Cleans up nice. So, uh, until then, this is uh, this is what I look like. So, uh, and it's fine. But um, other than that, I worked my old day job. I quit my old day job a while ago, but I helped out at Christmas and, uh, and worked my old day job. And then about four hours into it, I was like, that's right. That's why I quit this fucking job. These people are idiots. And I hate it, and my shoulder hurts. Okay, so... Um, uh, in other news, uh, Chris was talking about fingering. I use it. I'm over 35. Let's talk about it. Uh, I uh, I was arguing with, uh, with, a, with a Christian uh, or someone who claimed to be. And uh, again, raised in the Armenian church. Great thing about being raised in the Armenian church, all in Armenian. I don't speak Armenian. So uh, I get to believe whatever I want, which is be like the nice man in the picture and go get your dad some coffee. So... <laughs> That was the extent of it. So, um, so uh, someone was talking about how uh, they wanted, and it was George Bush had said it uh, as well, which was he wanted to be alive to see the rapture. George Bush actually said he wanted to be alive. To see. Guess what? If you're alive to see the rapture, you fucking dropped the ball, dumb shit. <laughs> you're supposed to be gone. And uh, and second of all, I don't wanna, I don't wanna see the rapture. Uh, I don't want, you know what? I wanna, uh, I wanna die very old in my bed, being fingered to death by someone I love.
4: <laughs> Yay!
1: It's a much Yes, it's a beautiful image It's better than the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse Uh, So, we're in a comic book store So I'm going to talk about pop things Uh, Which is Well, I just I went and saw Red And Expendables At the Pasadena ArcLight. Uh, okay, first of all, these are old people in action movies, right? Right, we all know. And, uh, and there are old people watching the action movies because it's an arc light. And, uh, and what you can do is you can get a nice glass of wine and have your assigned seat and sit down and watch 60-year-old people deal with their problems by punching people.
4: <laughs>
1: and it was my first clue that this generation will not be going gently into the good night. <laughs> They will not diminish like the ledge reel and go into the West. And uh, I want them to. I want them to. Uh, ooh, Lord of the Rings. I am going to start a, a business called One Wing to Rule Them All. And uh, it is going to be a chicken restaurant. And oh yeah, oh yeah, I love chicken. And if you know the uh, Elvish word for uh, for for, uh, for uh, f- Elvish word for friend, free soda. Anyone? At least three people come up to me and tell me. Okay, and then we'll get something we'll some nice. Anyway, uh, I am married uh, to a giant dork who makes video games for a living. And, uh, and it's very exciting. I know. I said, how did you get that job? And he said, well, it's perfectly obvious how I got that job. I fought my way through several levels. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a great joke. And then he killed the boss. And... Uh... <laughs> he's great and he's a game designer right so he'll play any game any game you want to play paper scissors rock card games board games video games dress up like an elf uh go away for the weekend dudes on board more than once when we were organizing our wedding he referred to our outfits as costumes (laughs) he wanted us to dress as pirates and take over another wedding uh I am not saying that that would not have been fun. I am saying that I'm not organizing two weddings, crazy man. And he's like, well, why would we have to organize a second one? Arr! And and he wanted to wear a crown to our our wedding. And uh, one of my friends was like, and you're gonna let him? And that's when I knew I hadn't done any dating before because I didn't know that I could not let him do things. But it it didn't matter because he could wear his underpants and carry a pork chop because he's awesome. Anyway. But get this. Ooh, that's the other thing. I'm going to tell three jokes at once. Okay, so... uh, I just saw, like, two months ago, they have adult male underoos at Target. Uh, Adult men's, not boxers, briefs. uh, With Iron Man, Superman, Spider-Man. Yeah, out of... I thought it was hilarious. And I bought him a pair, and he put them on, and I was like, "Take take them off, take them off. There is nothing less sexual than an iron man underpant on a grown-ass man. Because uh, either that or I'll run you a bath and make you some bagel bites. Because uh, that's know, it's completely out of hand. And I never dated because I do stand-up comedy, right? I've been doing stand-up comedy since women. Comics would get stage time right before they were burned as a witch. Kester Prynne opened for me. Mm-hmm. What's the best chance that joke's ever had. Uh,
6: <laughs>
1: let's try this one. I think Sarah Palin would make an excellent president if we lived in the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> yes, women's studies in the middle. Okay, so, but get this. So, so I never dated. I've been doing stand-up comedy forever, and I never dated. And when we were dating, my husband at one point, like it was pulled out of him. He said, it's so great that you've never really dated anybody because you have no expectations of me. (laughs) Expectations of, And he said, what are your expectations of me? And I said, I expect you to be nice. I expect you to be polite. I expect that if we ever live together, that you will keep the common areas clean and that you will do your share of the chores. And he goes, yeah, those are roommate expectations. <laughs> and I said, well, what are boyfriend expectations? And he said, you don't need to know. <laughs> I kid you not. And I said, did you just do the... Hmm. Anyway... Fantastic. Okay. I, uh, I might end early. Never know. Oh, no! This happened the other... Wait! Found something. Which is... Hilarious. Okay, so we're in the car uh, last week, and I just said, out of the blue, I said, I'll do whatever you want. And he took it to mean sexually. And, and he was like, yes. And I was like, what? What just happened? And, uh, and he goes, would you wear an outfit? And I was like, of? And he said, would you wear a shark outfit? <laughs> dress as a shark and I was like what would happen that's unnatural because at what point are you wearing a shark outfit as a lady and somebody says do you back that up that doesn't work (laughs) long way to go for sharks can't go backwards okay Um, and I will leave you on this (laughs) which is uh, We uh, went on our honeymoon, and he wanted us to get matching tattoos. And I do not have a tattoo. I don't want a tattoo. I am not tattoo people. Uh, And I said, instead of a tattoo, why don't we do what old people in Wisconsin do, where I'm from, when they travel, which is collect those spoons. And, And he said, oh, my God, let's get tattoos of those spoons. We'll both get like a cabinet tattooed on our backs, and then everywhere that we go, we'll get a different spoon tattooed for the rest of our lives. And I was like, wow, I would rather get a plate in my head and collect magnets. Rhode Island. Thanks a lot, you guys. Enjoy the rest of the
3: show. Jackie Payson. There is a recurring theme tonight with the animals. Uh, by the way, I saw you in the back and when she talked about her, her husband wanting to dress up like a shark, I thought I saw you go like, nod, Like, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Because if, pe- if people could fuck animals, though, I think you're on the right. I think it would be cats first. Clearly the internet has shown us that we would fuck cats first. No, I can't have cheeseburger now, Mr. Boots. Why else, did, why else would they make Antonio Banderas the voice of the Nasonex bee if they weren't trying to tap into our innate desires to fuck animals? Insect. It's like that commercial. Like, is that too sexy for nasal spray, Antonio Banderas? Too sexy for nasal spray? You're just on your couch and this, this Latino bee comes... Oh, Nasonex. Oh... I'm going to fuck your nose open. <laughs> <laughs> oh nasal next. Oh, your nasal passage is dry, I'm going to make it wet. Oh nasal next. Oh fuck nasal next. Ah dear nasal next. <laughs> How's that asthma treating you? Great, a let Tino B ejaculated in my nose. somehow it worked Uh, ladies and gentlemen the next person that I would like to bring uh, to the stage is regularly on this very podcast not only that He regularly co-produces this very show. His two worlds are colliding. If you were to look at the Venn diagram of his work, it would be a perfect single circle because it all overlaps. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Jonah Ray!
6: (laughs) Chris Hardwick, everybody. Thank you so much for coming. And, of course, the empty seat right up front where my dad should be sitting. <laughs> Once again, I'm always waiting for him to show up so I can kick him in the face. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to this. I really appreciate it. Um, some of you might know my, uh, my voice from uh, chiming in inappropriately when Chris is talking to someone famous. Uh, or it's like, I, too, do stand... Okay, I'll stand back. That's uh, fine. <laughs> uh, I saw that show, and you were... I, okay, I'm, I'm back here. <laughs> I'll somehow try to talk as much as Matt Myra, which is not much at all. (laughs) Um, Everybody, I I realized this recently uh, that I need to stop drinking as much beer because I'm really Uh, fat—not really fat, but just like fat enough to where I just like you know I sit on a plane and then it just all piles up in front of me. You can't tell that by me standing, but once I sit down in a tiny seat, it just grows and I can't put down the tray. I need to stop drinking as much. I, I switched to vodka, which I'm heard is the last booze. They, can, can they consider it the last because they're like, I'm, like ex- I'm excited about it I'm like oh there's really no hangover and they're like yeah I know that's why it's the last one you drink when you realize you hit bottom <laughs> because you drink it and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like I did something really bad no fucking really bad <laughs> nothing really bad has happened to me drinking yet so why not keep going until it does <laughs> I um, I I but the thing is like I I try to drink vodka because I don't want to drink beer. Beer is fattening because my favorite kind of beer is like a hefeweizen, a wheat beer, you know, a very hearty beer. I love it. It's so good. I, I I love I love them so much. But the thing is, it's like that's like the most fattening beer you can drink. That's like saying, hey man, what's your favorite kind of bread? Cake. <laughs> Cake's my favorite kind of bread. Oh yeah, ham Swiss on red velvet. going I eat it up. I've resigned to the fact that I'm just going to be the doughy guy. I'm going to be the guy if I'm ever at a pool party. Uh, let me restate that: if I'm ever invited to a pool party, <laughs> I'm the guy that just has his shirt on in the pool. You know that guy, the guy everyone's like, "What's he hiding?" <laughs> and then the guys next to him are just like, "Man boobs. What else? What, what else? Do want? Why does anyone else wear it?" And i like, "It's like the thing is, if you're not the guy with the shirt on in the pool, you're the other guy that should have his shirt on in the pool." <laughs> Or just uh, everyone's like, oh, good for him. Good for him. Just let it all hang out. Doesn't care about what we think. As much as he should, he should care. He should. Just, he doesn't, he just let it all hang out. It's like, the thing is it's like it's like I'm resigned to the fact I'm just gonna be like, you know, the guy with the shirt on. Like, you know, but I'm not gonna pick up a girl that way. There's never been a girl in this world that said, Hey, who's that guy with the soaking wet shirt sitting on the steps of the pool? With the shorts that don't belong in... Cut off jeans? Yeah, that's what I thought. I bet that guy knows a lot about zombies. He does, because it's me, and I do. I realized recently that the name TJ Maxx should mean a really cool thing, and it doesn't. TJ Maxx is a horrible clothing store. TJ Maxx shouldn't be that. TJ Maxx should be the coolest kid in school. <laughs> should be like, did you hear about TJ Maxx? He beat up everybody. <laughs> Didn't fucking leave out girls, boys, principals, teachers. He fucked them all. <laughs> he left everyone out. Except for Ross. He he gets along with Ross pretty well. <laughs> TJ Maxx is the coolest. I um I, I like uh I have a girlfriend now and she's awesome. She's a delight. I I, I a lot of my life, uh, and she's a lot better than that horrible cunt ex-girlfriend I used to have. <laughs> which I find is usually the case no matter what. Uh, I got I was at a point recently in a breakup where it's like, you know, I was so sad that like, you know, I would have to go up to a girl and say, uh, hey, do you like the simultaneous feeling of cum and tears on your back? <laughs> because I could provide that for you. It would be during awkward sex that neither of us will like. But for you, it could be a fun guessing game. Guess the consistency. Everyone's going, oh, because they know the one would be slower than the other. (laughs) Rolling down the side. I, um... No, I I, I I like I like the girlfriend I have now. Because uh, uh, the thing is, the last girlfriend I had, we uh, we lived together. And when when you, when I was moving in with her, I was convinced that when you move in with a girlfriend, you have sex all of the time, everywhere. And then in actuality, you were right with that noise, that, because because it's fucking none of the time anywhere. It just fucking becomes a theory in some guy's head that sex exists, it's like, it's this fucking, I don't know what ha- I think it's sealed up, and then she's like, she's like, oh, there's no way we can do it. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even wanna know what happens when you get married, Does it just turn into a dick, you know? And I was like, I guess I'm fucking gotta suck it now. <laughs> But just it went away. It sucked. It went away, and I just—I remember like telling my friends, "I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna live with a girlfriend. I can wake up in the middle of the night, and she's gonna be right there, and I can fuck her. I can fuck her. That's the way. That's the rules. That's the rules." And like it's like it's not. I heard that it's still rape, uh, which is very it was very upsetting to hear. Very upsetting. And uh, the thing is though, it's like it's like I and I, I didn't have time to masturbate. And then I needed to. I need, There was like pressure building up in me. It was like sperm, like building up from my balls and into my hands. And I wanted to fucking kill her. And it was like, it's like, it's like it was like when spin, like you know, Popeye eats spinach, and she goes like, ah. It's fucking like I, I didn't want to murder anybody, but I was like, if I can't create life, I will destroy one. And I fucking need, I need to relieve the pressure. It was like a factory that was about to blow up, and one guy's like, "Oh, stay behind. Don't, don't worry about me." And so, like, there was this one time because it was hard. I couldn't find a time to masturbate because I was like, I would leave for work before her. I would come home from work after her. There was no time to do it. Until this one day that I made a point. I was like, I made. I was like, I'm going to treat myself good today. I'm going to fucking jerk off. <laughs> yeah, this is a me day. So I tell my, I tell my bosses at work that I got a doctor's appointment. Technically, not the, not a lie. Technically, not a lie. Because if I wasn't going to do that, either I would get hurt or someone else would. And so I fucking, I just like, I left work and I was like, uh, I was driving home so fast. I was like weaving through traffic. I was just, I'm surprised I didn't get pulled over. But even if I did, I'm sure the cop, I would have been like, I got a girlfriend I live with and she does never, it's a fucking, I don't, he's like, he would probably be just like, go, hurry up, get out of here, you. Well, here I'll guide you through with my sirens. And so I fucking get home. And I, uh, I, I just... Ru- we have three dogs, and I just, like, rush past them, which is very confusing to a dog when someone gets home. When, it, when you get home, a dog's like, fuck yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. I'm gonna get pet behind this ear, that ear, maybe my fucking belly if I show it off. The dogs are excited, and they're like, oh, shit, he's home early! And then I just, like, whiz by them, and they're like, oh, what the fuck? I eat that shitty food for pets, and now this? <laughs> And so like I just I run into the bedroom and I just start fucking going for it. And not even in a pleasurable way. There was no pleasure in this because this was just fucking, I needed this to happen. I needed the relief of pressure. And, I was, and it hurt. It hurt. I was hurting myself. <laughs> And I was just like going for it so hard. And like, like just was trying to get it done so before she got home. And, and the thing is, it was like when I was doing that, I was like making such a ruckus that like I fucking, you know, when dogs hear a commotion, they're like, oh shit, it's playtime in there. What a fucking great joke Jonah just did. He walked by us and now we fucking, let's all go inside. And so they all run in at, at the wrong time. At the end time. And then I had to do something that I never thought I would have to do in my entire life, which was kick dogs while coming. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fucking, and like, I, like, and the thing is that it wasn't, like, it wasn't weird, I was, like, you know, just trying to, like, you know, get them away from me. <laughs> It was like it was. I, I wasn't like weirded out by the situation. I wasn't like surprised by it. I was scared. I was so scared because what if that was the best orgasm I ever had? And then from now on, I'm just like, uh, listen, uh, girl, I'm dating. Do you have a dog? Well, you better get one, because the only way I'm gonna come in you is if I can kick a fucking canine. Uh, you guys ever do that thing where you're in a public bathroom and then you like you hear uh, someone like taking a horrible shit and then you look at their shoes like it might have some kind of answer to what's going on. You just like you're hanging out, washing your hands, and you just hear go And then you're like, oh shit. Clown shoes. Makes a lot of sense, eats a lot of fair food, probably wears a shirt in the pool. I, uh, I love, I, and here's the thing, I'm not like, it's like, I, I'm, on a, I'm on a very nerdy podcast, and i uh, and like, you know, we, we like to think that we're like very progressively minded, but I love, like, me and my, I talk with my friends about shitting and how much I love it. And it's like it's silly, it's dumb, it's very like rudimentary, but like it's just like I fucking love it. You can't you can't deny that it's number two because sex is like the best thing ever, and then right after that is fucking shitting. <laughs> shitting is the best thing ever. And like I would I would probably be gay if like the anal sex part was only the second part where if it was just a dick coming out of my ass <laughs> if there was a way to just have dicks come out of my ass but not in in it would hurt but out I would fucking want that if there was some way where I can get dicks in my body and then just to come if I could just shit out dicks if I could just shit out dicks over and over again until I come, it would be the fucking. I would be gay. I would be gay right away. But I don't know if I could take a pill and they gestate inside my belly, and then I just start shitting out little dicks. And then if I let it sit for a while, a huge dicks come out, and they're all black and huge, and it feels fucking great. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to get them into my body though. You know, I'm not sure. If it's like I could. I could eat it, but that would be gay, and then I'm not though. So I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. Everybody, I've been Jonah Ray. Thank you so much for listening to the things I have to say. Please, well, everybody, my good friend, Chris Hardwick. Everybody's-
3: Jonah Ray, okay! <laughs> Jonah Ray! Also, uh, also writes for WebSoup. Jonah Ray also writes for the WebSoup Show. And and uh, you can follow him on his new Twitter account. Jonah had a Twitter account, and uh, he got possessed by a hipster and was like fuck it man I'm, I'm cancelled Twitter I don't fucking need Twitter And because and, and, he got drunk and he thought it would be funny and cool uh, and then within a month he was like fuck I gotta get back on Twitter so he got rid of at Jonah Ray you can follow him at at a Ray of Jonah uh, on Twitter and also please I want have to have, have a hand for Matt Myra who's in the back there running the board Matt are you back there do you have your microphone uh, uh, yes How are you, Matthew Myra? I am well, Chris. How is everything sounding back there? Please tell me that... It is working fantastically. (laughs) Steve Jobs' little baby hasn't crashed on us back there? Nope. I hope you're referring to me.
6: (laughs) Still going on a five-hour energy.
3: (laughs) You feeling okay back there? No, it's good. It's nice. I get to sit and enjoy. While you people do all the hard work. Oh. That sounded half sarcastic. I don't really know. No, no, it was genuine. Oh, okay. I, like, I like sitting a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen me, but I don't tend to move. I've never seen you. I just, it's I a am weird a phantom thing. in your head, Chris. What? I don't exist. I'm a new ghost. <laughs> I. I love that you just called back my joke. That's awesome!
4: You're welcome, buddy. That is
3: an excellent callback, Matthew Myra. The comedy team of Hard and Meyer. <laughs> mm, not the same ring. I guess it's not <laughs> same as Hard and Firm. Um... All right. Uh, I would like to bring up your next performing comedian, who is also a co-producer of this show, and uh, someone who I've not known as long. I think we've been probably been friends for two or three years, but the first time I saw this guy was immediately because I'm such a I'm such a comedy nerd and a comedy whore that I'm like I have to be friends with that guy. That man, he's very funny. Uh, I didn't approach him like that because that would have been aggressive and weird. Uh, <laughs> but I am glad that we became friends, and he is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kumail Nanjani! <laughs>
0: everyone yeah. fucking Awesome, so fucking cool. Be here. You guys are wonderful. Uh, th- oh, that was a sincere moment, yeah, it was. Another sincere moment. OK, I fucking love Christmas. I really do. What do you guys think of Christmas? See, I, I feel like a lot of people are jaded about it, but I 've been in the country 10 years, you know, so this is my 10th Christmas. So remember how excited you were for fucking Christmas when you were 10 years old? That's me right now. I'm like 10 years old, like Christmas is back. We did not skip it this year. I thought we might, but we didn't. It's back. I love it. I love all the songs. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. That's a fresh take on Christmas, you know? We haven't seen that. Or like, Santa, baby. She wants to fuck Santa Claus. That is awesome. I love them all. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know the version where he starts off like super serious, like, you know, Dasher and Prancer and... Like he's going to give bad news. Like, (laughs) you know, Dasher got killed in a motorcycle accident.
2: (laughs) But do you
0: recall... But my favorite one... (laughs) That's my Christmas one. (laughs) Favorite one is... uh, Do they know it's Christmas? You guys know that one? Where all the stars from the 80s got together to raise awareness about the famine in Ethiopia, you know? which is such a wonderful, sincere gesture. Like, do they even know? It is Christmas right now. Do they know? Wonderful. But what most people don't know is that the Ethiopians actually recorded a response song. It was called, Do They Know We're Muslim? Not a hit. Hardly any celebrities, you know? We need celebrities. (laughs) I uh, this is perfect. I fucking love being on the show because I'm I am no, I love horror movies. I saw Freddy vs Jason again. You guys know that one? It's so you know Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street vs. Jason Friday the Thirteenth. It, it's so, it's actually kind of badass. It's actually really good. <laughs> I genuinely watch it many times. <laughs> but I know that, uh, there's a part in it where uh, there's a part in it where Freddy has to choose between killing a white girl and killing a black girl? And Freddy goes, uh, how sweet, dark meat. (laughs) And there was like a collective groan in the audience in the theater when I watched it. Like people were disappointed in Freddy (laughs) Krueger. We're fine with you murdering children with your needle gloves. But racism? making it very hard to cheer for you, buddy. (laughs) Now I want Jason to win. Mass murdering monster, but he's no bigot. (laughs) He'll kill anything. I've only been in LA like a couple months. I did a show in Orange County. I was kind of nervous, sort of has a reputation. I was like, how is it gonna go? I don't know. I get out of my car, literally 10 seconds after I get out of my car. 10 seconds after I get out of my car, this car pulls up, this guy pokes his head out the window, yells at me, he's like, hey Kumar, where's Harold? (laughs) Fucking 10 seconds. (laughs) Like he'd been waiting around the corner for weeks. Like I can't wait for a brown to come to town. (laughs) I have a pop culture reference to belittle him with. <laughs> I got so fucking angry. It really got to me. And I was trying to think, why do I get so angry somebody's racist to me? And it's because when somebody's racist to you, there are no comebacks. There is nothing you can say to Wayne. Because what am I going to do? Be racist back to them? No, because I'm not racist. And uh, most people who are racist to me are, are white. And it's very difficult to try and be racist to white people. It is, like, what am I gonna be like? Oh, I'm Kumar? Well, you're the lead in most movies that come out. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it! I think about it for, like, fucking nights. Like, three nights That I swear, I, like, I couldn't sleep because I was so angry. I was like, that fucking guy was so racist to me. He called me Kumar, which is pretty close to my name. <laughs> that's just a shitty coincidence. (laughs) That's the only reason I want to be famous. I want to be like so famous that I'm the pop culture reference that people will make to try and be racist to me, you know? (laughs) So i would be walking down the street and a car pulls up and it's like, look at this, Kumail Nanjiani. Oh, fuck, that is Kumail Nanjiani. Thank you for knowing my name, Brendan Fraser. I (laughs) don't know the whitest actor I can think of.
4: <laughs>
0: like I said, I fucking love like uh sci-fi movies like uh you know Terminator or Matrix or uh iRobot when like in, it's the future and the robots have like taken over and enslaved humanity and like rose up and rebelled, you know? I love those movies. But I think it would be kind of awesome. It would be funny if like the robots like totally jumped the gun and try to do it before they have the technology to do it, you know? Like, right now, that, like, robot vacuum thing would be their leader, you know? Roomba, that's his name? Roomba? I don't get it, because it's in a room. Everything's in a room, you know? <laughs> he be the leader, and he's like, humans, we are here, and we are going to destroy you. There is nothing you can do about it. I am Roomba. I can vacuum the floor. <laughs> This guy can make a car. That guy can kinda play the trumpet. This guy can climb the stairs very slowly. And that actually, that is just a coffee maker. And that is Johnny Fry from that movie Short Circuit. He has the power to evoke nostalgia. We'll be back in 10 years, sorry. Forget that this happened. Do you guys know Planet Earth? Yeah. yeah uh, I don't mean the planet, I mean... <laughs> that would be the shittiest, like, I'm like an hu- alien pretending to be human. Have you humans heard of Planet Earth? It is my home also. <laughs> <laughs> the, the BBC is fucking awesome, but there's a follow-up to called uh, Life. Do you guys know that one? It's you okay people you should watch it it is awesome it's the same people it's awesome it's just like animals trying to survive it's so fucking good but they should change the name of it to fucking and eating because that is all it is but it is awesome but that is all it is like even the narrator is like this animal wants to fuck but first it must eat It's so good And like each one is a separate thing, you know, like there's a jungle one and like a mountain episode, but my favorite one is the underwater, like the ocean episode. Cause there are some fucking fucked up creatures down there. Like, have you ever been to an aquarium? It's just like monsters that share the planet with us. These monsters actually exist. Like the ocean is God's basement, you know, where he hides all his mistakes. We were never supposed to go down there, but we did, and now we can't unsee the things we've seen. Like that fish that has a fucking light bulb on its head. What the fuck is that? And other fish swim up to it, and then it eats them. That's how that. Which is crazy to me that that works, because there are no light bulbs in the ocean, you know. But fish is still like, oh, somebody left the light on. I didn't even know we had this technology, but I guess somebody invented it and then forgot to turn it off. Uh, My favorite horror movie has to be The Thing, the original The Thing. Do you guys know that one? It is so good. John Carpenter, like 1980. It's so good. A research facility in the middle of Antarctica, and then shit goes down, you know? (laughs) And I won't. It's a horror movie. Shit goes down. And I don't want to give too much away. This really doesn't give it away. But towards the end of the movie, there were three survivors, and they have to decide whether they're going to try and escape or, like, burn the whole camp down to make sure that the monster doesn't get out, you know? And I was watching the movie with my wife, and she looked at me, and she was like, what would you do in that situation? Would you try and survive? Or would you sacrifice yourself for the rest of humanity? (laughs) I am never going to be in that situation. (laughs) I am never gonna be one of the last guys alive. I am gonna be the first guy to die. I die right away. I die so the other characters get to find out that something weird's going on. I'm on the autopsy table 20 minutes into the movie. His heart's missing, I'm that guy. I'm the setup. I bridge acts one and two. I go off alone to find the cat. You know, there's a weird noise in this corner. I must investigate. Ah, death. I never even find out that there were
4: monsters.
0: (laughs) To me, the plot of the movie was we're at a research facility and the cat's missing. The end. My motivation is to find that cat.
4: Ah!
0: You guys have been so wonderful. Thank you so much.
3: Johnny, Whom you may follow uh, on Twitter at Kumail, K-U-M-A-I-L-N. Uh, he is on the Twitter. And also, I want to say, like I said, he's one of the producers, and also he and I uh, and his girlfriend, Emily, who also helps co-produce the show, we have nerded out on Doctor Who for hours and hours and hours. Uh, when, I, when I did the Craig Ferguson show with Matt Smith, I brought them, and they got to meet Matt Smith, and we all, like, Matt left the room we were all like (laughs) it was so awesome Uh, and so uh, the Meltdown show every week uh, there's a VIP uh, that we call out that uh, answers a trivia question on the Twitter feed for the Meltdown show which is at Meltdown underscore show Uh, don't, don't spell out the word underscore it's just an underscore uh and uh, the question was, who's the current doctor? And just to get a quick answer, Matt Smith was the correct answer, of course. And that was answered first by Miss Sarah Fitzgibbons. Is she here this evening? Sarah Fitzgibbons. There she is, Sarah Fitzgibbons. Your Doctor Who prowess and itchy trigger finger have gotten you a mention on the Nerdist podcast. Do people follow you at, what is your Twitter name? S. Fitzgibbons. At S. Fitzgibbons. Uh, at uh, excellent uh, what's your email nah that's right you don't want to do that what do you do Sarah Fitzgibbons I'm a you're a paralegal now shouldn't you be compiling documents and not answering Doctor Who questions on Twitter don't tell my boss. what not tell my boss okay oh I was gonna tell her boss but then she foiled me with that little caveat at the end like a verbal fine print, oh, you must be a paralegal, you know how to rope someone in with your crazy legal web weaving. Well, thank you very much for coming to the show, uh, Sarah Fitzgibbons and now I would like to bring the next performer to the stage. Uh, he's uh, a guy that I've actually known for a couple years as well, but again, see when you're when you're a comedian and you see other comedians like you can tell the second they open their mouth like oh my god that guy's gonna be funny and I gotta watch him uh, maybe that's not so much different than just being a regular person but I wanted to give it some gravity uh, but he is fantastic and I have done a ton of shows with him around the Los Angeles area uh, like uh, we do the uh, what are some of the shows we've done together uh, around? we've done the UCB shows together uh, we've done uh, the what we've done the improv uh, what, other, what other shows have we... On we, do we do Busby's on Wilshire together yeah. Yeah oh, my God, that's right. Oh, yeah, because what's better than doing comedy when you're in a fucking sports bar and you have to be like, hey, I know you jockheads are watching sports, but now let's hear some jokes. (laughs) Wow, you want to pay as much attention as those hookah-smoking Persian teens, which is no attention at all. Uh, Yeah, they don't. But anyway... uh, this guy writes for, is a contributor to a website called theatrox.com. You may follow him at Paul Sebus on Twitter. Paul Sebus.
7: Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Chris. Uh, God, this is a this is a smart, tech savvy audience. I'm guessing you guys know about this iPhone app called Shazam, right? Yeah. If you don't know, it's this thing you get for your phone where if like there's a song on the radio and you don't know what it is, you hold your, your phone up to the speaker and then Shazam will tell you what the song is and who sings it, even if it's kind of staticky and garbled. It's an amazing piece of technology and I really hope that the people who make that app can make a similar app that I can hold up to my mother... <laughs> Yeah, and it will tell me the name of the movie she is trying to remember. God, that is just hours of my life. Wasted. You know the one. It had what's-his-name in it with the wrinkly face. I have no idea, Mom. Now you just hold the phone up, and it's like, ah, there's no country for old men. You saw no country for old men... It was Tommy Lee Jones. We're shutting off your cable. Uh, yeah, I have all this, this amazing technology at my disposal, and I mostly just use it to listen to the Spider-Man theme song over and over again. which is, It's the, the old school Spider-Man theme. You know, the one that goes, Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever. You know that song. There's a lyric in that song that is fantastic, where the song goes, uh, is he strong? Listen, bud, he's got radioactive blood. (laughs) And I really like that line because radioactive blood doesn't mean anything. (laughs) That is a meaningless phrase. So there are actually two ways that you can interpret that little exchange. The first way, is he strong? He's got radioactive blood. He can lift a car. Yeah, he's pretty goddamn strong. And then the second way, is he strong? He's got radioactive blood. He's very sick. Just he can barely get out of bed. You are an
4: asshole.
7: Yeah, I just have... I just have garbage like that song on my iPod. It is embarrassing. I, I live in constant fear that someone will pick up my iPod and just discover the shit that I keep on it. Like, anytime somebody starts fiddling with my iPod, I suddenly feel like I'm in one of those movies where, like, I'm hiding a corpse in my house, you know? And I gotta play it cool while the cops are snooping around. Except in my case, the corpse is just a playlist of Avril Lavigne songs. And the cop's just my buddy who's in the passenger seat and is idly thumbing through my iPod, unaware that my hand is closing around a tire iron under my seat. <laughs> and just, just waiting for the moment when I hear him go, skater boy, really? And there's just clang.
4: <laughs> you shouldn't have looked. <laughs> Why did you look?
7: I am unemployed. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes, welcome, fellow travelers in welfare. We are brothers here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying to fix the situation, believe me. I am, uh, I'm going out on job interviews, getting asked all those job interview questions you always get. You know, like, uh, one of the big ones is, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you want to be in five years? And Man, i got to be honest with you guys. At this point coma is looking real good. It's, oh, God, guys, it would be so great to be in a coma. Just You know when you wake up in the morning and your alarm's going off and you slap the snooze button and you roll back over? You know how good those nine minutes feel? Yeah, imagine that stretched out to nine years. That's a coma. Yeah, you just get to sleep and nobody's bothering you about anything, you know? Like, nobody wants a ride to the airport. And nobody's like, hey, I need you to take this thing over to the guy with the whatever. There's just, just none of that. Like, the only thing that somebody might ask you to do while you're in a coma, squeeze my hand if you can hear me. And you don't have to do that. That is totally optional. Yeah, I, uh, I spend a lot of my unemployed time watching the History Channel, um, and I don't know if you guys know this, but that channel has gone off the fucking rails. Because uh, the History Channel, you know, it used to be about uh, you know people and things that actually lived and happened. It, you know, it, it was about um, what's the word? Oh, that's right, history. It was the History Channel. But now everything on the History Channel is just a bunch of crazy makes-em-upsies, you know, where just every show is like, did Nostradamus team up with ghosts to fight dragons? (laughs) The History Channel investigates. There's actually a show on the History Channel right now called Ancient Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm sure this guy can tell you the premise of ancient aliens is that everything in history, like the pyramids and Stonehenge, is all the work of aliens. And then even stuff that didn't actually happen. There's a whole episode that tries to make the point, what if the angels in the Bible were actually aliens? Okay, so basically... What you are asking me, History Channel, <laughs> is uh, what if one made-up thing was really a different made-up thing? Says, <laughs> so well then nothing is the answer. <laughs> FYI, and it's I was like, what if, what if Batman was actually Droopy Dog? <laughs> As, well, then you've ruined two perfectly good stories. That's all that you've done. Uh, there is a, uh, there's a street near my house where, for some reason, there are a whole bunch of wig stores. I don't know why they're all clumped together, but there's seriously like a dozen wig stores in this one-mile stretch of road. Most of these wig stores have names that you would think a wig store would have. They have names like Hair and Beauty Supply or Wigs and Things. (laughs) But there is one store on this street. I swear to God, it is just called Human Hair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is that not the creepiest name for a store? you have ever heard in your life? Like, I don't think that's a wig store. That's, that's just a store that sells things that serial killers collect. <laughs> You're like, I imagine you walk in there and they're like, welcome to human hair. We have, uh, well, human hair. Obviously we have that. But you can get that with and without bloody clumps of scalp. <laughs> just, a lot of people don't know that. And uh, we've got fingers in a jar over here. Those are nice. A lot of people like those. Uh, Oh, and we're running a special. This weekend only, $5 gets you a grab bag of mismatched baby shoes. It's only at human hair. i uh, I moved. I moved recently, but for years, I, I lived actually very close to here in a neighborhood called West Hollywood. And so, yeah, woo! Yeah, and if you're listening at home and you're unfamiliar with the geography of Los Angeles, West Hollywood is kind of a gay neighborhood. <laughs> um, and that's even, that's an understatement. It's just... <laughs> calling, calling West Hollywood kind of a gay neighborhood is like saying that Jerusalem is kind of Jewish. You know, it's just... That should give you some idea. Uh, It was a great neighborhood, though. I loved living there. And one of the perks, we'll say, of uh, West Hollywood is that some mornings I would walk out to my car and find that in the night, it had been covered in flyers for gay club nights around town. (laughs) Gay club flyers, if you're not familiar, are pretty graphic. (laughs) Right, yeah, they're basically just gay pornography, like, on a postcard. And the, and the thing is, they wouldn't put them under the windshield wiper. They would actually stick them in the driver's side door. All right, like, like, in between the window and the door frame. So when you go to grab them, they just slip right down in there. <laughs> you know, like, into the door. Like, where your window goes when you roll your window down. I lived in this neighborhood four years, so to this day there are still dozens of these little porno cards just rattling around the door panel of my car. I am waiting for the day, and so help me God, I know it is coming. When I'm just driving along, minding my own business, some jackass runs the red light, T-bones me. And my car just explodes like a gay porn piñata. Oh, it's going to be great. And you guys have been great. Thank you so much. My name is Paul (laughs) Siebis. Paul Siebis!
3: On Twitter, at Paul, c i b i s. Wearing a fantastic Nakatomi Plaza shirt. Uh, phenomenal. And, and I did re- I finally remember the show that we... I, I forgot the show that you and I have done the most together, which is Tiger Lily. The Monday Night Tiger Lily show in the Gower Gulch that our friend Jazz Ponce runs. Uh, that is a great fucking show as well. Uh, all right. Are you guys ready? A couple more comics. This next guy... I have to say, he has, he has tamed the mass of his beard since last I saw him. He's got all Edward Scissorhands on his face, topiary. Uh, but he is also uh, one of my favorite comics to watch. He has a, a, a comedy album called uh, Death of the Party. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at at Kyle Kinane. It's
2: Kyle Kinane!
8: It should come as a surprise to none of you here when I tell you that at one point in my life I belonged to the Facebook fan page for Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits. (laughs) Now, naturally, it it was for obvious reasons. They're a delicious, flaky, buttery treat that serve as a wonderful prelude to your shrimp fest. And furthermore, in the throes of a drunken haze, I truly do hope in my heart of hearts that there is a geographic location somewhere on this earth called Cheddar Bay. (laughs) Somewhere perhaps north of Nova Scotia, where the weary sailors could just slosh into the cheesy waves and the salty fog will hit them and they will carry a bounty of cheddary goodness and necklaces for their port lovers named Brandy. But I was privy to witness something. Being a member of the Cheddar Bay Biscuits fan page, I don't know. I don't know if I witnessed like an like an absolute like a zenith of 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 of, of understanding, like of, of human compassion and technology intertwining to to make me think like, yes, we are going to be okay as 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 a society as a
3: species. <laughs>
8: Or if I've witnessed the absolute downfall of all of mankind. But for whatever whatever reason, the day Michael Jackson died, the Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits fan page became an unofficial forum for mourning the loss of a recording legend. I have no idea why. But that day, the Venn diagram of of Cheddar Biscuit fans and Michael Jackson fans eclipsed itself and became one. And I don't know if that's beautiful or terrifying. But what happens, like, just that day, all of a sudden, you go on there and you just there's just dozens and dozens of comments of people just like going, "Oh my God, Michael Jackson, we miss you. We went through a lot of hell on Earth. Hopefully, you're finding peace in heaven. R.I.P. King of Pop. And just like, oh, recording legend, you meant a lot. Hopefully, you know, we love you, Michael Jackson." R.I.P., just dozens and dozens, just an outpouring of support for the loss of Michael Jackson. But the best part is that, like, every, like, 35, 40 comments, (laughs) somebody will have just logged in not having heard the news. (laughs) (laughs) So you're just reading just all these heartfelt uh, eulogies over (laughs) Michael Jackson, and then just every so you just seem like, man, cheddar biscuits are not delicious, am I right? (laughs) like somebody put a weird classified on the obit page and the thing is it would be so quickly policed by the cheddar biscuit community like cause you could see the time code everything is just by minutes it's just, it's just a minute later as soon as somebody would write like man cheddar biscuits are off the fucking hook am I yeah, right yeah where are my people and the best one I saw was just so you could just you feel how terse the guy was like alright l- hey listen man Today's not about Cheddar Biscuits. Today's about MJ, okay? <laughs> he was polite, but also very upset. And you could almost feel the remorse emanate from your computer of that one guy. It's like, oh, my God, I did not even know. I am so sorry. I, I wake up, I stretch out, I get my coffee, and I log on to my Cheddar Biscuit fan page to see what my people are up to. I do not have time for worldly affairs going to see what my compatriots are doing. and i don't know if that's fantastic or horrifying but it's something man that's what it is. um uh, off. we got to make a tight for editing for the hot podcast uh, hey th- there's nothing saying that you're well maybe there is uh, your tombstone doesn't have to be factual right uh, like, the paperwork does. The paperwork does. But then you go there, and people are like, loving fathers. It's like, you don't know. Like I could have been an asshole his whole life. <laughs> but you can write anything on there. With that philosophy, I have finalized uh, my, my tombstone. We'll read, Kyle Canain, born December 23rd, 1976, died in your arms tonight. Quotes, it must have been something you said. <laughs> oh, I think you were quick to applaud at that. If you, if you think about that on the way home, you're like, that's a, it's a stupid joke. That's really a dumb joke. The second best one, that I don't expect it, but would, it would be like, uh, Kyle Kinane, inventor of time travel, born December 23rd, 1976, died December 22nd, 1976. <laughs> that's more of clever. It's not like laugh, but it's a clever. It'd be, you'd see me and be like, that's cute. I wonder when he really did die. Then people would look, people would look me up. I check my IMDb's. Um, I have an amount of money right now, not a large amount of money, just an amount I'm unfamiliar with. Which is actually, it's not. It's, I, I could, I could put a confident down payment on a new Toyota Camry,
4: <laughs>
8: which is not. That's 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 not. But that's. I mean, as far as the payments coming up, who knows? That shit's in the wind. But right now. I'm like I could theoretically f- have a very nice, reasonable family sedan repossessed sometime next year. <laughs> like that's where I'm at. So I'm doing I'm doing well as far as I, I have the amount of money a 34 year old man should have if he applied himself over the last 15 me- years as the manager of a Foot Locker. That's the <laughs> amount of money I have. Like, made it to corporate. Like, but the thing is, I don't have the responsibility that came along with that. I've just tricked people through jokes. This is still what I've been doing. It's just get drunk, talk about your dick. Now people are giving me checks for it. It's a scam. You guys, you guys should get in on this, really. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's fucking, how much, really? Fine, okay. <laughs> But so I don't have the responsibility. So I have this amount of money where I'm I'm like, oh, look, look at that. You know what you need? You know what you need, Kyle? You need a brand new electric guitar. (laughs) Time for you to get on the BC Rich website and start pricing out warlocks. No, no. What I need right now, what I need is to be able to breathe in cool air without wincing like I just put my dick in a light socket. That's what I need is to go to the dentist. But I'm an asshole, so I'm looking at electric guitars that Cece DeVille played once in 87. But I need to be able to eat a piece of candy and put it in my face without having to push my head side to side like a game of Labyrinth so it doesn't hit the magic tooth that makes me forget my middle name. That's what I need to do. But I have had to do certain things for this amount of money. It's not, It's been all easy. I've had to get drunk in many different places. I had to go to Winnipeg, Canada for two weeks. Winnipeg's biggest selling point, their biggest tourist attraction, is that they are the geographic center of North America. That's it. When that's all you can drum up for your paltry brochure, like, come on by, why? We're in the middle of all this other stuff. What you're not in the middle of is fun. That's definitely not what you're in the middle of. Uh, for two weeks in Winnipeg, I, st- I stayed across from a mall, ironically named Grant Park, a beautiful place in Chicago where I'm from. I'm like, oh, Grant Park Mall must be quite regal. No, Grant Park Mall is filled with people that I think have already perished. <laughs> but, but the rigor mortis, because they're all on some kind of aluminum tubing, keeping them up the rigor mortis has just allowed them to just stay there perched in front of an A&W burger for like two weeks like nobody I just thought she really liked the display I don't know, we didn't want to move her I saw one woman, she had a walker with hand brakes on it as if to imply that at some point she would pick up too much speed as if to say if she started drafting behind another old person Whoa, well, Edith, take it easy in the corners. <laughs> he was trying to pass that fella, you might hit the wall. So, the hottest, the most exciting night I had in Winnipeg, Canada, it was a Tuesday night, and I got stoned. Oh boy, crazy Kyle. Got stoned by himself. Yeah, got high on the marijuana. <laughs> got stoned, ordered a pizza. Oh, fucking ramping up. Ordered a pizza. Got upset I ordered the pizza, because I didn't need that pizza. (laughs) Then I forgot I ordered the pizza. Then I got emotionally involved in a television program on Country Music Television Canada called Pick a Puppy, which, if you cannot deduce from the title, the premise of said program is they will take a person or persons, and then they will present them with a selection of, you guessed it, puppies. And then over the course of the next half hour, I know it seems like it should be an hour-long show, Over the course of the next half hour, these assholes have to pick out a puppy. Like, everything else in the world has been solved. Here's a show with drama. Pick out a puppy. (laughs) Hey, white people, everything else is fine, right? Not really. There's six puppies and you can only have one. (laughs) For some reason, I locked onto the idea. For some reason, I was high off my ass. I locked onto the idea that the other five puppies would be promptly turned into moccasins at the end of the show. So that raised the stakes. That's why I got more excited about the show. And plus, I'm in mean, Winnipeg, Canada, so I'm looking for anything to attach the uh, the emotion void of Winnipeg. I'm like, anything that resembles something that will make a heart move. I'm like, fine, I'm going to pick a puppy. I'm going to root, because the puppies might die if they don't do it. So, nine minutes into the show, I'm just standing on the couch, alone in this couch, just going, get the golden retriever! It's a loyal creature!
4: Airedale
8: Terrier, you dumb whore! Get off my television! At that point, the doorbell rings, and I immediately think it's the police. Because nobody has ever expressed that amount of emotion in Winnipeg, Canada, ever. (laughs) Past the hour of 8.30, nobody's been... Maybe the day they founded the city, one guy lit off a firework, another guy clapped for the better part of a minute, and they're like, well, that was pretty fun. No need to explore that anymore. It was a pleasant time for us. Good, let's call it quits. So clearly, I must have thought the murder had happened because I was shouting at 9.15 or whatever. I go to the door. I look through the people, I, see it's a, I just see the pizza. And I, I, I just say, I say, a pizza? What a grand idea, you dastardly fellow. I'm so excited. Like Memento. Like, oh, see what you did? You knew. Good job. I open the door. I don't know if it's a pizza man or woman because I'm too high to make eye contact. All I can do is look at the pizza. The, The person was maybe three or four inches taller than I am. But in my head, I think they are a giant. So I am taking Canadian money and I'm holding it up above my head as far as my arm will reach. Like, here, take this giant or giantess. Take this clown looking Canadian money from my hand. I'm essentially just holding money dangling over a pizza person's head who's already having a terrible night. From the uh, inappropriately named Boston Pizza. What's Boston known for? Everything but pizza. Let's open a place called Boston Pizza in Winnipeg, Canada. Because this place sucks. Um, thank you. Thanks, Chris, for having me.
3: Kyle <laughs> Death of the Party available on iTunes. At Kyle Kinein, available on Twitter. And now for your final comic of the evening. You guys have been fucking phenomenal tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, your last comic tonight also has a comedy album out, which is available on the iTunes and the Amazon and all of the uh, digital portals you like to visit. Uh, it is called Soak Up the Night. You can follow him on Twitter, at Bronger. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Bronger! Hey!
2: All right, keep it going for Chris Hardwick, would you guys? Yes! All right. Oh, I've always been more of a dork than a nerd. Um, Thanks. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting there. Nothing. Um, I have strange ambitions. Uh, Like, I want to learn how to ride a unicycle really well, just so I can ride around on it wearing one of those Harley Davidson t-shirts that on the back say, if you can read this, the bitch fell off. Just everyone's like, how did the bitch get on? So
4: confused.
2: Like I think we're a culture obsessed with catchphrases, and I think we're looking in the wrong places. Like comedians. Like I don't think comedians should have catchphrases. I think that's fucking done. But like I love it when regular people have catchphrases. Like there's a there's an Italian restaurant uh, not far from, well, kind of far from you know, Los Feliz, uh, called Palermo's. That's uh, like a red and white checkered tablecloth uh, place with the Chianti bottles with the candles in them. Like so stereotypically Italian, it should literally, literally be called La 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 is what they should say into the phone when people call and there's a little guy that seats you that looks like Super Mario if you bought a condo and he's got, like, a little curly mustache and, like, the little, you know, chest hair, the shirt open, a little cross. And he sees this tall. For people listening, I'm, I'm holding my hand about three feet off the ground. And when he seats you, he says the most amazing magical thing. He takes you to the table. He's like, all right, table for four, this away. And takes you to the table and goes, okay, here you go. It's spaghetti time. And walks away. And you're like, fucking right, it's spaghetti time, Mario. What other time could it possibly fucking be? I will box anyone who says it's not spaghetti time right now. There's no question what time it is. Fuck you if you think it's not spaghetti time. (laughs) You know, and I need stuff like that, because I drink a lot, and my mind drifts, and... I don't know. the The only reason I've gotten anywhere near healthier in my life is to improve my hangovers. That's how sad I am. <laughs> how sad my life is. That's the only reason I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. Is you know, it's like I drink not in the morning is to not have horrible hangovers the next day. Because I, I mean, I used to have horrific hangovers. You know, when you're hungover, you need something like starchy and fatty and cheesy. You know, uh, to eat, but uh, like I would be so hungover, I would need something like that, but couldn't decide on a specific thing. So I would make up foodstuffs that don't exist in the known universe and just say them like a baby would, like a baby just talks to hear its own voice, like later, later, later. I would say these things to a, to a waiter and hope he would go in the kitchen and just freestyle him up, like he's like, uh, "So what do you have in there? Yeah, give me a plate of cheese babies and a hot boy." Yeah, no, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. You make it. it. To decide makes my hurdy brain hurtier. So you make that happen. I don't know what that is. Some cheese babies. No, 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 no. Take that back. Some cheese buddies. Some cheese friends. Some friends of mine that are cheese. What's in a hot boy? I don't know. It's a tiny baby that's made of phyllo dough with hot dog for veins. I don't know. Why'd you make me make it up? I'm doing your job. And some ham dancers. Whatever that is. I just want that. Like, just once, I want the guy to know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I mean, a plate of cheese babies. Yeah, you want a gang or a tribe? A tribe and, um, and a hot boy. What do you want his mood to be like? Angry. No, melancholy. Melancholy hot boy. All right, let's get a tribe of cheese babies and a melancholy hot boy. Pick it up. I know you want some ham dancers, too, don't you? Hungover fucker. <laughs> I know you do. Um, Christmas is coming, or is over, depending on when this airs. Um, gotta adjust in this business. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a curmudgeon. I do like Christmas, but, um, I, I, I've noticed something recently. Is that I, A lot of Christmas music is just <laughs> abjectly terrifying. Like, a lot of people don't like I'm not a big Christmas music fan, but a lot of Christmas music is just fucking scary for no reason. It's the darkest and coldest time of the year. Do we need to be freaked out? Like I went home to uh, Portland, Oregon, where I'm from, and was hanging out in church, with my parents, you know, doing that thing and just hanging out with them. And I'm like, why am I so tense and afraid right now? It's cause this song is playing. Run <singing> dun. Something is coming. I don't know what. Why am I scared? It's fucking Christmas. That song is horrifying, man. That's like blind monkeys are attacking music. I mean, even when it's saying Merry Christmas, it's creeping up on you. Merry, 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 Merry Christmas, Jesus! Oh fuck, it's just you, Christmas. Don't do that, man. I'm gonna piss myself. Don't scare me like that. And that's not even the scariest Christmas song, man. The scariest Christmas song, as we all know, is Do You Hear What I Hear? What? No, what do you hear? Tell me. Is it a werewolf? Should we be running? Don't make me guess. Are we gonna die? being all coy about it in the face of danger. I'm not gonna tell you. A knife, a knife. Okay, it's not a knife. That's what I hear. It's a child, I know. But that's where the song goes from scary to ridiculous. You notice that? A child, a child shivers in the cold let us bring him silver and gold. Yeah, or a fucking blanket. One of the two. It's a freezing baby. You guys brought treasure? Good call. Babies love money. They know what monetary values are. They're capitalists, those little fat guys. Meh, right? Ever give a 50 to a baby? It's like, I love this, and tries to eat it and hurts its mouth. No. He's in a manger. That's a barn missing a wall. He's unbelievably cold. (laughs) Brought money? You guys are not wise men. <laughs> All right,
4: <laughs> come
2: on, everybody! One shitty joke. One shitty, shitty joke. Woo-woo. Shitty joke train off the rails. Um, I don't think you know. I, I like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, but I don't think people would be as on board with a savory Willy Wonka. Like not a sweet one. Like if his world was made up of meatloaf and casseroles, (laughs) mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. Like, oh, just smells like an old cafeteria in your world, Mr. Wonka. (laughs) Oompa Loompas, just sweaty, grease-stained aprons, all unshaven and chain-smoking. The cafeteria hair wraps, hair nets, walking around. Pizza and pretzels and hot dogs for you. Let's take a ride on the river of stew. Like, no, I don't like sitting in this ham canoe on the stew river. Chunks of beef banging up against the side. This is not a magical world. Stinks of rotting flesh in here. It's been cooked. Read you uh, the the last line of my novel, and the old clown lay out in the field, softly farting into the night. I am kind of a lightning rod for awkwardness, uh, kind of an awkward rod, you know. I because I, I, I am I'm I'm a ninja. I have a black belt in saying dumb shit to girls. Like I've always been good. Like, I think it started when I was uh, dry-humping with a six-year-old girl on some monkey bars. I was six at the time, again fucking weird and silent. Um, we were learning. It was Blue Lagoon-type shit. And um, we were just crawling around each other, and our groins brushed. And I said, let's do that again. No, exactly. It was just as awkward as that moment just now. You said that? Yes. Fast forward to about seven years ago, when I still lived in Chicago... Uh, and I was doing karaoke at an after-hours bar, doing a stellar rendition of Oops, I Did It Again. Okay? Like, <laughs> I was Britney. I don't want to toot my own dick, but I was amazing. And this girl comes up to me, and she's like, Hey, that was really funny. Uh, hi, I'm Sarah. Gives me rhythm, right? Comes up to me, and I could have said any number of things to make her like me or be my friend or maybe more. The night was young. But instead, what my brain told my mouth to say, and my mouth was like, Fuck it. I hate this guy, too. <sighs> was, thanks a lot. Where do you live? What? Where do you live? Not, do you live around here? We neighbors care for a cognac? No, where do you live? Where exactly do you live? What's the address? I'm gonna hang out in the closet with no shirt and a Viking helmet on. Is that cool? Honk your boob. Check out my balls. Okay. I didn't do the last two things, but it would not have been creepier if I had. You understand? It would not have been creepier if I was carrying rope and fucking duct tape when I said that shit. Where do you live? Jesus Christ. It's because of shit like that that I spend like 30% of every day wincing. Just throughout the day. Just walking down the street, totally silent. Fuck, fuck, why? Why? Really? Where do you live? Fuck you, Matt Bronger. To myself. I know I'm not alone. Um i got to go, but I'll, I'll leave you on this. A quick story. Um, I, I started out in uh, Chicago with Kyle Kanane and with Kumail Nanjiani. So, awesome. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, we, we got a little crazy back then. And I remember um, being on a, on a pub crawl that was a, specifically a clown pub crawl where 85 men and women dressed as clowns and half of us took acid, which that won't snap your brain in half. Oh, yes, it will, actually, on second thought. And we rented a a school bus and hired a sober guy to drive us to bars. Unannounced. Did not tell any of the bars that 85 drunken, acid-headed clowns were showing up to their bars. And these were, like, empty, like, old man bars, right? So we'd have room to move. And this old, you know, old bartender's wiping down the bar, not seeing us yet, going, slow night. We come in. What the fuck? <laughs> we're rolling in like... Burp, 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 time to do shots. Glug. Horrible roundoffs and somersaults. Hurting our doughy Midwestern bodies. And at one point, we're crossing Michigan Avenue, which is about eight lanes wide. It's an enormous street. Very big thoroughfare. We're halfway across the street, and there's a cop in his squad car at the curb. Now, we didn't... Oh, first off, we were leaving in Chili's, which I'm pretty sure we set on fire. And we're halfway across the street and there's a cop in his squad car. Now, we didn't know a cop was in that squad car. Well, we thought the squad car was a dragon. We were that fucking high. It's a dragon. Oh, it's asleep, though. Clowns go. And we cross the street and we're halfway across the street and the cop gets in his loudspeaker. Now, if you've never had a cop talk to you through his loudspeaker, they're meant to be heard over a riot. They're incredibly loud. And he gets on that thing and he's like, Hey! Hey! And we stop in the middle of the street like... You guys, he can't mean us. We are inconspicuous right now. We are blending in. And we're dead still. We're like, we're like, you know, we like Pop Lock stopped on a dime. Like, boop, 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 just stopped. And it's dead silent. It's like the kind of silence before a gunfight in the Old West. Like, all you can hear is wind and tumbleweeds. We're standing there like statues. 85, silent, still clowns. And the cop gets back in his loudspeaker, swear to God... Says this. Quick clowning around.
4: <laughs> Son of a
2: bitch! Oh, hilarious cop! You win this day. Thank you guys so much.
3: <laughs> Matt Bronger, excellent job, Matt Bronger. is our show. You have seen Chris Fairbanks, Jackie Cation, Jonah Ray, Kumail Nanjani, Paul Sebas, Kyle Kanan, and Matt Bronger, all in one show. Comics You Should Know. Everyone signed it, too. Maybe I'll do a contest and give it away uh, for the podcast listeners uh, out there. I would like to thank uh, also Ed Salazar, who helped put the show together. Who's here? I would like to thank Meltdown Comics for having us here. There is a weekly Meltdown Comics show Wednesday nights here at Meltdown in Los Angeles on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, I'd also like to bring up uh, Jonah Ray and Matt Myra. Come on up, dudes. Jonah Ray and Matt Myra. Well played. Hey, that's Matt Myra. That's what he looks like. If you didn't know, that's Matt Myra. Do you want to share a mic. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. I wanted to bring All you guys right. up so we could end the show in the traditional way. And if you know what that way is, you can join in. One, two, three. Enjoy your burrito. Now we'll do it one more time to give everyone else a chance. One, two, three. Enjoy your burrito. This was a very well enjoyed burrito. Thank you so much for coming out Thank today. You.
4: Now leaving Nerdist.com. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist... Dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.